The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We're just a couple of days away from the 25th message of January 2019. And as we approach this time each month, it's always an excitement and also a wonder of what's coming. You've heard it said, for those who may be new to us, who have not heard, there's a saying and a tradition in Medjugorje before the apparitions where they would say, can't wait till the 25th. Of course, that's related to Christmas. But they would say that in June, or they'd say that in July or August, or, or whatever month it was, saying when they greet each other, can't wait till the 25th, meaning there's going to be a wedding, or there's going to be something. It might be on the 14th. But they took that Christmas joy of December 25th, and said, I can't wait till the 25th. And now we see that our age shows the 25th in a remarkable way because she appeared on the 24th. That's the first official apparition that was real. And that was the Feast of the John the Baptist. But Our Lady appears the next day and says, June 25th is the official day of my apparitions and the anniversary. 
And there's reasons for that. So anyway, we have this excitement each month, knowing that our lady's coming. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when she no longer appears. So it's not anticipated by somebody who are glued into the society and the commerce and the busyness of life that perhaps you're not in a position we're in. For us, we start cranking up a week before the 25th. We got songs, we got thoughts, we got messages. What's happening, we're reviewing. Same thing for the second. And of course, we have every Thursday, Medianomics. And what is it about? It's about economics, because everything ties to that. We have our feedback, which has a question that's very related to our broadcast of Medianomics. This feedback is from Moscow, Idaho. Dear Caritas, my husband and I read It Ain't Gonna Happen and have also listened to the talk from Ed Griffin about the Federal Reserve. We have decided to fix up our six-bedroom home to sell because we have a large debt. But I have some questions. First, I find myself paralyzed with anxiety about buying or building another home because Mary wants us to leave vanity behind. I don't know what she wants of us. Does that mean living in a mobile home? How simple of a house would please Mary? Also, will we need to have our own well and be off of the city water? What other Medianomics talks would be good for us to listen to to try and start living this new way of life? I'm not sure I know what we're doing. Thank you so very much. And this is a basic question, but a good question, because many people are overbought, they're oversized, they have too much, they've been in the world, too much weaknesses in their hearts are not being reflective and thoughtful about why they are and where they are at this moment. On December 25th, Yaakov received the message from a lady that says, Do not be afraid to believe in his love and mercy. And somewhat that's what she's asking for. Because his love is stronger than every one of your weaknesses. And so we might think about vice. We might think about you're an alcoholic or whatever things you may have that's your weakness. And our lady says, every one of your weaknesses. But we also have a compulsion of purchasing more than we should be having. Materialism, consumerism, modernism has taken over us. And that's the weakness. And it's not just vice our lady is talking about here. She says, every one of your weaknesses. And I tell you, if you go to the malls and you go places, you can see this lays mostly with a woman. She may want a house bigger than what her husband wanted. Or maybe convince him. Or maybe he's doing that because he wants her to be happy. Very few women out there are measured. In the point of man, God, our lady never fasted. But she always ate measured. Would you not rather fast and eat something that tastes so good that you want to keep eating it? Think about that. Going through your whole lifetime, Mary ate every meal measured. And we don't have the restraints in our hearts anymore. That's why she wants us to fast. That's why she wants us to pray. She wants us to be stronger Christians, to conquer our weaknesses, because it's through Jesus' grace that that happens. So, we have these situations that you can go to the malls, women are all over the place. The shopping, the compulsion of what drives consumerism 
is mostly on the women. You say, well, it's a man too. It's true. But a lot of that, if she's measured, he would be measured because he doesn't really want to do that in a lot of cases. I know my wife, when we first got married the first year or so, she wanted me to spend Saturdays with her going shopping. And I hated that because my mom drug us around because there was no babysitter to go shopping. We never liked it. We were hiding and seek underneath clothes racks. We were all over the stores because it was all boys. And that's the only way we had fun. But we got in trouble every time we went. So I told her, I'm not going shopping anymore. I got work to do. Man's not made for that. So if you've got a house, a six bedrooms, whatever your reasons you have for that, when I began to design our house, my wife and I both, I had dealt with this in business pre-Medjugorje. And I saw people overbuild. I saw people crying who had gotten so old that they no longer, in fact, there was one couple in particular who was wealthy, lived in Mountain Brook, which is a very wealthy area in Birmingham. And they had the whole corner lot, two, three acres, right in the middle of a major area to live in. And they took up the whole corner with their house. And it was too big. And they told me before they moved out how much grief they had because they raised their kids there. The grandkids are coming there, but it's too big for them. So they moved into a condo. But through the experiences of this, that gave me cognition that I don't want to overbuild when I build my house. And so my wife and I started designing a house. I dealt with different designers, and we built a measured house. I said, we're only going to have three bedrooms. And the boys can be in there. If there's two bunk beds in there and there's four children, we made the bedrooms big enough that that would hold that. And if we had girls, they could have their own room. And then we had one downstairs. Why did I put that downstairs? Because I knew, talking to these people, when I would go to their place, I'd ask them when they were 60 years old, is this a live and die house? And they said, well, we don't know. I was amazed at that. Nobody's planting themselves. And I always said, this is in my late 20s, that I'm going to build a house that I'm going to die in. And so we put one bedroom downstairs for the purpose when we got older and we couldn't climb the steps, we'd be on one floor. There was a lot of thinking. There was a lot of designing in how and why we built the house we built it. And yes, my wife was there. Let's make this bigger. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I always checkmated that. And yes, when you've got seven kids, six boys and a girl, that you raise a family, you could have a little more room. But everybody comes to our house and through our bedroom, easily well over 100,000 have gone through there. Everybody comes in and says, you have a lovely house. So a lovely house doesn't mean you have to have a six-bedroom house. we got a wraparound porch for those who've never been here. But it's a beautiful home. We built our dream home. We built it with dreams of living young, raising a family young, and going through the old age, and the house fits us. So you have to be measured with that. So to answer her question, you don't need a six-bedroom house. Nobody really needs that. Even if you have the money. You still are to live measured. And that's the desire of the will of God. What's your purpose? There's a lot of thought in our house. There's not a hallway in there. Why? Because a hallway is a waste of footage in your house. It's all open. It's airy. You feel free in it. You feel like you're outside in it. I love our house. And I couldn't believe when we finished it, over eight years, living in a mobile home, that when we moved into it, We didn't owe a penny on it. 
the feeling of that is incredible to lay down in your house and this is paid for. I remember sitting in the loft saying, God, how good you are to me, how much you have blessed me. I couldn't understand it. Yes, we did it with a lot of our labor. Yes, we did it with love. Yes, we did it with great effort. But it was God who blessed it. So much so that I believe my mentality, my thinking, what I put into it was God was preparing for me and for this house, who he certainly knew he was going to send his mother to, that my alignment was not in materialism, but life. Before I knew a new life through the messages, I was already living the message. And I see these things now. So this question is important because a couple of weeks ago, we did the Federal Reserve thing, which is she responded to that. She said, my husband and I have read ain't going to happen, which is all about this. Don't borrow money. Be out of debt. And she goes on and says, and also listen to the talks from Ed Griffin with the Federal Reserve. We did an hour clip of the Federal Reserve by Ed Griffin. And in there, it goes details and it shakes you up. And so to bring you up to speed with her questions about the Federal Reserve, why she's shaken by this, Jason, I want you to give a recap on that. Just to recap and summarize the talk given by Ed Griffin, for those of you who didn't hear it, he spoke about the creation of the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve System, the Federal Reserve Bank. And he told it in a really incredible story format. He went through the individuals who were involved, the whole history of how it came about. Uh, But he also spoke about not just its origins, but uh, once it was created, what it became, how it functions, and really, overall, what it reveals is why it is such an enemy of the people, why it is such an enemy to our nation, just how dangerous it is to the financial stability of our country. That's often put forth as though it's a stabilizing force, when in actuality, it's a very, very big negative and very potentially destructive for our nation. And it is a red light I must listen to that will stop you in your tracks and help you to reevaluate everything. I had somebody call me and we were talking. He's on his sixth listening of this Mesonomics. So I recommend people to go back and re-listen to it. It was broadcast January 3rd, 2019, and it was titled 2019, Don't Get Caught Off Guard. You want to learn this. Actually, this person said they're going to order 20 copies or 40 copies to pass out. So going back to the feedback, she says, I have some questions. First, I find myself paralyzed with anxiety about buying and building another home because Mary wants us to leave vanity behind. I can say I never had vanity or wanted to impress people. In fact, I put my house in the woods. There's several people on our road They build their fine houses, and one lady who built down on the road built a mansion. She had four acres on one side of the road and 400 acres on the other side of the road. And actually, I did some work for her when she was building it years ago. And she said, I want everybody to see my house, and I want to sit in my house and see my 400 acres. That's vanity. Mine's in the woods. I didn't care who saw it. It wasn't built to be seen. It was built for family. It was built for God. It was built for love. I consecrated to God, to the whole construction. And thankfully, without realizing the seriousness of how I took this and the way I did it, I was in alignment biblically. It wasn't that I read the Bible and did it. It's just through reflection. So there's no room for anxiety or that you have to leave vanity. You need to be building your next house, to Brenda's letter, for the purpose of life, the purpose of getting out of debt 
She says, I don't know what she wants talking about a lady. Does that mean living in a mobile home? Maybe it does. You have to answer that. I don't know. I don't know your age. I don't know where you're in financial. What I did, though, and what we did is we did live in a mobile home, and it wasn't a giant mobile home. And when we moved out of our mobile home into our house, both the mobile home and the house debt-free and the land, we were reminiscing all the memories with our kids. We had three boys at that time, and we liked living there. There's so many memories the most important thing, we were building our house for memories. This is where I came from. This is where I was raised. This is where I lived. And a place that they can come back to with their children and our grandchildren. It was built for heritage. That's what you do. You don't build it for vanity. You build it to be out of debt. You build it for the memories. When I saw these people crying, all their memories were gone. They go through their old age in a condo because they overbuilt because of vanity. She continues about the mobile home. She says, another question, how simple of a house would please Mary? We put the best materials in our house. We put marble in it. It was our dream house. We put good material. We built it first class. You think Our Lady didn't have that kind of thoughts in what she did? She didn't long for things that she couldn't have. But the kings brought gold to her and myrrh and frankincense. God did that to his son and to the family of his son. Those things are worth a lot. We put the myrrh in our house. We put the frankincense in our house. We put the gold standard in our house. Not to be uppity, because we wanted the house to last. We're building it for longevity, not just to get by for our generation and who cares what the next generation inherits. And what do you think about Our Lady? Because she says that. How simple of a house would please Our Lady? It depends on what's in your heart. Is it vanity? Or you want to build something of a legacy? I'll tell you how first class Our Lady was. Her son had nothing. But he had something so valuable as a criminal, a man who is condemned to crucifixion, that they took his robe and rolled dice for it. You think Roman soldiers are going to do that if that has no value or something spectacular about it? We know it was seamless. We know it's first class. We know it was like marble on the floor. But Our Lady didn't do that because she wanted her son to be uppity. He was worthy of that. So that gives you some insight into Our Lady, how simple of a house would please Mary. It depends on your motivations. Not the cost of it, but if the cost is so much that you have to go in debt, no way. Our Lady didn't go in debt to make that robe. And I tell you what, It probably went for a lot of money and evidenced by the fact that the Roman soldiers rode dice for it and they desired that and they were arguing over it. Hey, let's settle this by dice. They really wanted something because there was something about it because it must have been precious. Brenda continues and says, also, well, we need to have our own well and be off the city water. Of course you would. You want to have your own water. You want to supply. This is just logistics. You want to be independent of the system as the Federal Reserve, which you heard through Ed Griffin, is all integrated. The more you can be independent, the more you're not spending cash out of your pocket, the more the water comes from the land is a no-brainer. You want to do that. And she goes and continues, what other metronomic talks would be good for us to listen to to try to start living a new way of life? I'm not sure I know what we're doing. You pray, you fast, you sacrifice. 
my wife and I didn't lay out a blueprint. We just took the next step. And that's easier to understand. And as you go up the steps, what do you see? You see more of you of the landscape. And then you go to the third step, the fourth step, the fifth step. You don't have to know what the 11th, the 12th step is. You have to have a vision. We want to build a home. We want to be modest. We want something to be spacious for what our life is when we're two people and spacious when we got a family and still have all the amenities we need to our last days. People aren't thinking this way. And that's where we've made the wrong steps because they look at the top of the staircase and they miss the second, third, fourth, fifth, ninth steps and they try to get on the 10th. You can get to the 10th by the elevator, but you can't come back down the other way because you didn't build the second to the ninth steps and you fall off the cliff. You're in debt. All these things are happening. It just takes thinking. We have a consumerism, a weakness in what we do. And that's what the message says. His love is stronger than every one of your weaknesses and fears. But you have to have trust in Jesus. You have to say yes to him. And that's what, if you boil down this feedback, the questions is about saying yes to Jesus. And you can learn about building a house by reading the scriptures and rolling for dice for the robes and what Our Lady did and the kings. All these things come together. You just got to reason with the Lord. Isaiah says that. Come reason with me and you'll get the answers. Not the fifth step, but the first step. Once you step on that first step, then the second step will be shown to you. And you know what? If you take a misstep on the second step or the third step, you just step back what to the first step. It's easy to change one step. It's not once you're on the seventh step and you've gone six steps the wrong way. And I've done that. That's why a lady can give me a message. You be a witness. My whole financial walk, my whole thing that I've done is not just prayer and trying to impress people. It's about how you've lived your life. Even financially is a spiritual witness because financially and the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's why we have metronomics. Just to bring up one point maybe, or a couple points I'd like to ask you to speak about, but these are just some practical things that other listeners out there may be wondering who are in a similar situation. And these are just a couple specific examples, but might spark thought for everybody as you elaborate on this. But things that we've heard you speak about on Radio Wave before is things that you can do to your house while we're in the time of the Greenwood, which you've called it. And while you have the money to do those things now, things that may save you, keep you from having to spend money in the future, but also there's some things you can do now to a home that you may not be able to do in the future, but that can also, in a certain sense, save you in the future. And there's just three things I jotted down. Maybe you can just talk about in general, but also the concept. But for example, a metal roof, and you mentioned earlier that you would like to, it'd be, it would be best to build your house to last for generations. The second point, uh, and again, these are just practical, would be good insulation because you can spend the money to insulate now and save on heating and cooling in the future. Or if we don't have electricity, for example, you won't be able to heat and cool in certain ways. And then also a fireplace. So and that would be practical not only for heating your home in the future, but also for, for way of life. And one of the concepts you've spoken about with the mission before is that when you have the cash now, you can put assets in place that while they might not seem to make sense in the moment, they're going to save you from having the need for cash in the future. Well, that's some good points in the sense of the questions you have to ask yourself. 
because there's things I put in our house that we would never get the money back. In other words, you've put a system in, say it's a geothermal system. Let's put a number to say $35,000 and you're 45 years old. They all calculate this about money. You'll never get that $35,000 back in savings in electricity because it does save electricity. But see, this is stupid thinking. This is what the accountants tell you to do. This is what the advisors tell you what to do. I'm not interested in getting X dollars back out what I put in the house. I'm interested in living cheaper later as I get older. Nobody thinks about this. It's not about getting the money back on the return. And you should never make your decisions on that. But suppose you broke your back or suppose you become disabled. Or you die and your wife's there and she only has Social Security. But because you put a geothermal system in, you spent more money you'd never get back, she's living cheaper. That's the goal. And every move I made in my house was to live cheaper later. Not to have expenses. A metal roof that would last for 30, 40, 50 years. You don't look at, oh, I got to make sure I'm going to get my money back. Or I'm going to super insulate my house, even though I'm never going to get my money back. But your power bill's lower. I put a well in and a filtration system that I will never get back how cheap it is compared to city water. But once you got that in, you know what you're paying per month? Almost nothing. The goal is, and the standard is, is to cut your expenses. It don't matter how much it costs you now. See, thinking like this is unorthodox. Nobody out there, nobody's ever told me. Actually, I've had people tell me, well, you'll never get money back out of that. But while you're young and you're making money now, spend it so you won't have to be spending it later. You don't know what your conditions will be later. And that's what our lady is showing us, a way of life closer to the soil because this economy cannot continue because it has an edict of a biblical principle that's filled with usury and couple that with our lady's words, everything is passing, everything is falling apart, only the glory of God remains. Your house paid for is only going to remain. And if you've gone closer to the soil, you've got a system disconnected from the system that's going down that at least you can be feeding yourself. And if it doesn't happen, and this is all wrong, which we're not, because our lady said the message is going to fall apart if it's not from God. But if it is wrong, you're living better, you're more secure, and you're more independent, and you're more dependent on God. The more independent of the system, the more you have to depend on God. And that's where he's bringing us to. And that's why whatever's going to happen, when it falls apart, they're going to lose faith in the belief of the God that they've been following, which is a dollar, making money, and doing all these things, and turn back to the real God. And it's not going to be pleasant. And it's not going to be easy. What I want to add into this is that you can't make changes. But say they sell their house right now. We're in a bubble. And say they got $75,000 equity, but they can't buy land, put it in silver. Do not hold your money in the bank, not for one hour, because we're in a big bubble and there is going to be another crash. And if it crashes while you're in a big house and you got a $500,000 house and its value drops overnight to $200,000 and you got that debt because you still owe $500,000 on it, you're in a problem. So with that being the case, we don't say go get silver and put your savings and your monies in that for the reason of selling silver or the miraculous magic around. 
We say that for the purpose of preserving what you have, because more important than silver that you have that is that you have a house that's paid for, land that's paid for. That doesn't happen overnight. But if you have savings or if you got equity in your house and you sell it and temporarily live in a mobile home, if you can do that, or either build one, if you have enough assets out of what you sell and be out of debt, then do that. But the quickest move, the safest move is to move into silver. But you can't eat silver if things crashes. It will come back as the first means of exchange, yes. And you'll be able to buy a lot of land compared to what before the crash was. And so when we talk about purchasing the miraculous Medjugorje round, it's for a spiritual reason and the preservation of what you have. There is a wave of momentum behind the miraculous metal Medjugorje round these days that began in December of last year and has continued strongly into January, so much so that the mint that produces the miraculous metal Medjugorje round is actually a little bit backed up. But that's a good sign that many people are waking up, many people are beginning to make that decisive step towards saving in silver or moving a portion of their wealth into the miraculous metal Medjugorje round. For those who would like to contact Century Silver Exchange to make an exchange of paper dollars for silver, you can contact Century Silver Exchange at 877-936-7686. That's 877-936-7686. You can also visit CenturySilver.com or send a message to info at CenturySilver.com. Century Silver Exchange is a for-profit subsidiary of Caritas of Birmingham. It pays taxes on its income and bears its own expenses. If there is any income left over at year-end, Century Silver may make a dividend donation to Caritas of Birmingham to further its mission. So the last question was, what Medjinomics shows would we recommend? So just off the cuff, a couple of Medjinomics shows that we would recommend for you to listen to would be the May 29, 2014 Medjinomics called My Teeny Tiny House, the June 11, 2015 show called The Rural Revolution, the March 5, 2015 show called New Simple Life, Is It Possible?, and the November 25, 2016 show called The Love of a Simple Life. You can download these free on Medjugorje.com, or you can get a copy, a physical copy of it by calling Caritas of Birmingham at 205-672-2000. There's also a, a short book that we would recommend for you to read. It was a book that a friend of Medjugorje wrote after he received a letter from someone who was somewhat critical about his house that he had built. And the name of that short book is called Judge with the Right Judgment. It has a lot of a friend of Medjugorje's philosophies, and it is a very, very important read for both Brenda and anyone else listening to this Medjugorje show. The way you can receive that is you can go online to Medjugorje.com, go to the download section, and you can download it free. Or once again, you can call Caritas of Birmingham at 205-672-2000, and we will send that to you free. We just ask that you help us with shipping. But again, that is called Judge with the Right Judgment, a very, very important read. All these things said to you is up to your own conscience. Nobody can violate your conscience. What you do have to do about your conscience is to have a well-formed conscience. So these metronomic shows, this writing was just mentioned, all these things 
help form your conscience in a proper context of what is biblical and how you should live this way. So it is. I hope these things help you, Brenda and your husband and anybody else out there, because you do need to make changes in your life and the direction in the time of grace at this moment. Because remember, you might can do in one day what might take you 10 years to do after a crash. Pray and reason and seek the next step. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.